This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. The church is not just a building. It is you and I that are in the building. Amen? And, um, you know, over in Ephesians 1.18, it tells us, I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I wanted to read to you, too, out of another uh, translation out of the voice. It says, Open the eyes of their heart and let the light of your truth flood in. Shine your light on the hope you are calling them to embrace. Reveal to them the glorious riches you are preparing as their inheritance. I don't know about you, but that gets me just a little excited. You know, that regardless of what's going on, regardless of all of the circumstances, all of the negativity in the world, that I know that my hope is in him. My hope comes from God. Amen. Uh, You know, David wanted to build God a house that was in his heart. And then David, though, wasn't able to build the house, but he provided everything for his son to do it. Just like I believe that Jesus has called us to build his house, and he's giving you and me everything we need to do, both the physical house and the spiritual house that we need to do to reach the lost, to reach those who have not heard what you have heard, or maybe have got offended, have left God, left the church. It's you and I that are supposed to be filled with this hope, filled with his glory. So what? Not only do we minister one to another in here and those that come in here, but we're supposed to be carriers. We're supposed to be taking it out there. How will they know if they don't hear? And how are they going to see anything if they don't see it operating in your and my life? Amen. So it is the house of God. We are called the church, but it's not just a building. It's you and it's me. So don't get hung up on a building because, see, the building is nothing without God's people in it and without his presence and without his spirit. You know, uh, a place he causes his name to dwell. You know, you'll hear this a lot of times where especially in the Hebrew and the Jewish, people would talk about his Shekinah glory, being in the Shekinah glory. What what the Shekinah glory is, is a divine visitation from God. A divine, the Hebrew word, it's, it's, it says it's caused to dwell, where he comes and dwells among his people. I don't know about you, but I want the presence of God not just to dwell in my life on Sundays, but I want him to dwell in my life every day. See, so that we can have, our life can go tell the story of God's goodness, go tell the story of his glory. See, people need to see and hear some hope. People need to know that, hey, your life may not be perfect. You may not be perfect, but they see something different in you. They see something coming out 
of us. And even though sometimes they may not understand it, they go, boy, I'd like some of that. I'd like whatever they got. Amen. So it's so important that our lives are being uh, that witness uh, to all of those around. Um, you know, in Matthew eighteen twenty, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. Now, it's kind of hard to gather if you are at home. Okay? And I know and I understand that there's some people due to maybe health reasons or, or uh, whatever, maybe they don't have trend and they can't come to the house of God. That's different. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about those that once were in the house, whether this house or the house, houses across the world that are now not longer in the house because it became easier to do it on their time. It became easier, well... That's okay, because now they record. I can just watch it. But there's a difference. He said there, for where two or three are gathered together, that means we're in here together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. There is something powerful when the people of God, when the house of God comes together corporately, and we come together to worship, to hear the word, and to have works happen in our life. There's something happens there. You know, Passion Church is a people who gather in his name. Hopefully, we have been being taught and we are exercising, being full of hope, being trying to be helpful, be healing for one another and for our community and for the nations of the world. You know, but when you come in here and you get full of hope, and you've been given the word and been given some help, and you've been healed in your body, or you know you're in the steps of being coming to your total healing, then you don't just keep it for yourself. You got to go carry it out. Go take it. Go take it. Be a carrier for Jesus. You know, why would people be drawn here? You know, why? Well, hopefully the first thing is Jesus. They see Jesus in you. They see Jesus in me. They know that something's happening with those people over there. You know, why did people come to Jesus? They came because he cared. He forgave. He restored. He showed them God. His love and his joy was contagious. He met their physical and spiritual and emotional needs by what? Praying for them. He set them free from religion and condemnation. He spoke the truth in a way they could understand. Jesus forgave their past. He meant their needs and spoke about their future that they had in him. He helped, he healed, he gave hope. These are the same exact reasons that Passion Church, that we should be doing in here. That we should be like Jesus, doing all of the things that Jesus did. Sure, we're not perfect, but as soon as anybody walks through that door, they're not perfect anymore, neither. But see, we are striving to be more like Jesus and being the example of Jesus. That's why people will want to come. Jesus is here because we hopefully are displaying his heart, a heart of love, 
a heart of hope. That no matter where you've been or what you've done, we preach the gospel that Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your redeemer. Jesus has got restoring power. That no matter how far you seem, no matter how deep you feel like you've been, or no matter how hopeless you think you are or your situation is, our God is a God of hope. Our God is a God of miracles. Our God is a God of restoring power. Our God is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. He is your healer. He is your friend. Oh, God loves you so much. More than we could even say or know God. And I hope, though, that, see, we can be that people that say, look, God loves you. And we're going to try to love you as much and as best as we can because God loves his people. In Hebrews 3, 6, it says, but Christ as the son is in charge of God's entire house and we are God's house. If we keep courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ, you know, we as a people, our church should be a hope factory. That when people come in here, I'm telling you, hope, hope, hope is just pumped into their lives. Love just pumped into their lives. So when they come in here, it's just like being a factory. They're getting all worked over, filled up, and when they go out, they're changed. See, that's what we declare, that you may come in these doors one way, but you'll go out changed. You know, you may be watching today one way, but I declare and believe that things in your life are going to change. Be that light of hope. Be that light that's telling the goodness and the love of God. You know, Jesus was God in the flesh. Our church should be Jesus in the flesh. You know, some people, the only Jesus they're going to know is you and me. And how are they going to know if we don't go tell? You know, I want to read uh, something to you. This was apparently, you know, a question, because a lot of times, you know, there's questions that were asked, and apparently out there, um, one of the top things was, why is church important? And this is just some good uh, stuff to share with you. Because God has left it here to reveal his son to the world, even as Jesus revealed God, when he was on the earth. As a household of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth, we are the current expression of Jesus Christ in the world until he comes. You and me, we've got to be that expression. What a staggering job description that you and I have. Let's start fully operating in it. And you go, well, I got this and I got that. Start where you are. See, people always aren't interested in, you know, everything. They just want to know that you can say, you know what? I once was, but now I am changed. I once dealt with this, but God got me through. Or I'm right in the middle of something, but I know I'm on my way to victory. Nothing could be of greater importance than you and I being this. Maybe you've been turned off by bad experiences in churches where God dwelled only in name but not in reality. But you need to grasp a new vision 
Do not never let anybody determine your destiny. Never let anybody's what they say or did to you ever determine your destiny and God never let have anybody have that much power over your life. And even when they've walked out, you're still letting them have power in your life. Let it go. Quit giving them so much power and give the power over to God and watch the victory and the change and the wholeness start showing up in your life. You need to get a new vision of what God intends for you and for me and for his church, for his house, locally and globally expressed. Commit yourself, though. Commit yourself to a body. You know, maybe you're watching and you go, well, I don't really go to church, but I just watch a whole bunch. Or I, No, get committed. You know, just like the example of, you know, when you get a, a plant, and if it's intended to be a big plant, but when you got it, it was little, it will tell you on it, you're going to have to eventually take it out of this pot, put it in a bigger pot, you know, and eventually then maybe it'll come to the place when you're ready, you know, then to put it in the ground so it can really take root. Well, you've got to stop being that little five-gallon bucket because there's going to be a place where eventually your roots are going to get all bound up. There's not going to be any more growing. You're going to become stagnant. Get somewhere and get planted. You go, well, there's no perfect church. There's no churches. You know, they all got problems. Well, you got problems. I got problems. We all got problems. Amen. Let's follow God. See, if we had our eyes more up here than about here and being so concerned with what everybody else isn't doing or what they should be doing and just be concerned about God, what do you want me to do? To be a better example, to be that light, I'll tell you, there'd be a whole lot more peace and power in the house of God. There'd be a lot more miracles because we wouldn't be coming in here all worried about what everybody else is doing or not doing or who's not here and who needed to hear it. We need to hear it. Then we need to go do. We need to make it happen right here. You and I right here. Don't be worried about what they're doing, you know, up the road or in another city or in another state. Look at what God wants to do right here with you and me at Passion Church in Alexander City and the surrounding areas and to the nations of the world right from here, what God wants to do in you and in me. Right here. We need to say, you know, God, use me here. And then so when we go out there, people go, man, where, where is it that you go? I need some of that. I see a hope in you. I see love in you. Amen. In Psalms 122, 1, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Where has that gone? Where is the joy and the happy and the expectation of saying, oh, I can't wait to get together with my spiritual brothers and sisters. I can't wait to get together with the family of God so that we can get filled and overflowing and expecting miracles and the lost to walk in and the lame and the blind and the deaf. Where has that gone? The hunger and the thirst to see and experience God's love 
with one another and coming together and coming against the forces of hell and keeping people from the love of God and the hope of God. Where is that gone? Where we say, oh, I was glad when they said, let me go to the house of the Lord. Let me worship. Let me be filled to overflowing so I can go carry it and take it so that I can minister one to another in God's house. Where has that gone? You know, the church is the most important force on planet Earth. But the enemy has tried to bury it, cover us up, shut us up. Just don't say too much, don't get too excited, and nobody will bother you. Nobody will judge you. Or just go somewhere where they don't want to hardly say much, do much, or don't expect anything, or don't challenge you ever. They just say, come in, do whatever you want, and, you know, we're just glad you're here. We'll count your nose, and hopefully you give some nickels. Oh, my God. Why? Do we not see the miracles? That's why. Where is the respect and the honor and the glory that we should be given our God? It has been put under a bushel, and we've sat there and accepted what the world is dictating to us. We've sat there and just shut up and just said, well, don't say too much, then they'll get offended. If you, if you say this, they'll get offended. If you say that, let's just say what God is saying and put our hope and trust in Him that they're going to hear our heart of love and hope, that there's something greater than life right here. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Oh, my God, we got to be at the church again. We wonder why people are suffering and dying out there because the church won't stand up and take her place. We won't stand up and say, God has something better for you. God has something greater. And you don't have to wait for them to come in here to hear it. They should be hearing it and seeing it from you and me. I'm not talking about you getting all weird and forceful and, you know, jumping on them and spitting all over them. God, just live your life. Tell your story. Invite them to church. Oh, my God, what a concept that we would invite someone to church. Well, I'm afraid they'd say no. Well, think about this. What if they said yes? Wow. You say, well, I've asked them before. Well. Maybe they're waiting for you to ask again. They weren't ready then, but they're ready now. See, be led by the Spirit of God. Also, don't be insensitive, you know, but people are looking for some hope. They're looking for somebody that actually cares. You know, it re- the church is the most important force on planet Earth. Let's get back to being some force with love and hope and joy. Amen. Because then it will be revealed to the world that there is something better and there is something different. There's a whole lot of something greater than what they're experiencing out there. This is the real thing. Amen. Serving God, not just in the house, but outside the house. 
And I'll tell you, there's lots of ways you can serve, and every area is so important and so needed. We need people to go to the nursery. And you go, well, we don't have any babies right now. That's why we don't have any, because we don't have no workers. God said, I ain't going to send them if you can't take care of them. We need more help in the children so that, you know, when this begins to explode again over here. You know, I was looking back on some numbers doing things. There's been times we'd had 30, 40 kids over there, you know. But we've got to be ready. If you don't, you know, like that movie that you say, if you build it, they'll come. Or if you feed them, they'll come. You know, we got to be ready. Or God said, I can't send them if you ain't got nobody to care for them. So let's be busy in God's house, but also out there serving people by ministering God. In 1 Timothy 3 and 15, it says, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, living, not dead, okay, living. The church should be alive, the pillar and the ground of truth. You know, you and me need to be alive with hope and with glory, his resurrected power in our life. See, it doesn't matter, you know, what you're going through or, or, or your circumstances because you can say, but this is not where I'm staying. See, I may be going through some stuff. See, people don't want to see, oh, God, you're perfect and you've always got it all together because there's nobody that got it all together. Get off of Facebook and, you know, Instagram where they show you their perfect life because it's not perfect. They're only showing you the good moments, and it might have only been one in a week, but they're going to keep reposting it because it looks so good, and they look so good. That's not life. That's not real. Okay? But what people are looking for is some real hope. For someone to say, you know what, look, I'm not perfect, and I got some stuff in my life right now. I got some stuff in my family, you know? We got stuff that happens, you know, sometimes it's not perfect, you know, in our church. But guess what? We love God more than anything else. And we're striving to get better and greater in the things of God. Oh, let us strive to show that God is a God of power. That God is a God of restoration. That I'm looking for some weakness. Get a backbone. Not like a backbone of a jellyfish. Get a backbone in your life to where you stand up and say, my God is real. No matter what's going on in my life or in the world, I've got a God that's full of power. I've got a God that's full of hope. I've got a God that's full of miracles. Do you want some of that? Because where I am is not where I'm staying. God's got greater things. Why? Because he's got more people for you to touch. See, remember, get out of, well, I got to get me fixed. Well, the only way you're going to get you fixed is get out there and start sharing some stuff. Be in the house of God. If You, you know, you ain't never going to get fixed if you ain't here. And if you're not listening to the word, how are you going to get fixed? And you go, well, that's kind of hard. Well, it's true. Okay, let's just 
bring it down to something natural. You go to the doctor, you say you're sick, he gives you a pill, gives you a remedy and says this will make it all better. You go home, put it on the shelf, you never take it. Then you go back and you tell him it's all your fault, I'm no better. Well, did you take the pills? No, just looked at them. Well, how much more in the things of God if we don't do something with the things of God? Be in his house. I was glad when they said, let me go into the house of God. Let me worship him and receive his word. Then be, be a light that then what I received in here, I'll take out there. Ephesians 4, 3 and 4 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. I'm going to read uh, out of the voice um, in that. It says, making every effort to preserve the unity the Spirit has already created with peace binding you together. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to pursue one hope. See, remember, when we're in this together, it's harder for it to be broken. When you're out there alone, wandering, and you're not in a body connected, planted, see, it's easier for the enemy to get at you because you're out there all alone. But see, when you're in God's house under his covering and under the covering of a shepherd and under a church family that's not perfect, just like your family's not perfect, and I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect, but we come together in the church, then we pray one for another. See, if you're out there, and we don't know you, have never seen your face, there's certain things that when we see one another, you may go home. God don't tell you. He just says you need to pray for them. See, we pray one for another. But I'll tell you, see, then there's a locking that happens. Then when the enemy tries to come and push on your life, guess what? Oh, he's going to have to have a big fight because then it's not just with you. It's with your family, with your church for you. Oh, the most powerful portrayer of hope in the world today is the church. You and me coming together, getting united, revealing Christ to the world, but coming in here together and getting built up and getting strengthened so that we can go out there and reach the world. You know, you've got to let your life tell the story, tell his story. In First Thessalonians 2 and 19, and Pastor Ron is going to come because I've only got one more scripture after this. It says, after all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. In the voice Bible, it says, for what is our true hope? 
what is what is our true hope hold on a minute here it went away um, there we go sorry for what is our true hope our true joy our victor's crown and all this it is nothing if it isn't you standing before our lord jesus the anointed one at his arrival See, you don't know how many people are attached to your life. There's some that you don't even know their faces yet. But they're attached to your life. They're counting on you following God, serving God, being planted in the house. How do you be example one to another is what we do with our lives. How can you invite someone to church or encourage your family to come to church when they say, well, when do you go? When you're in trouble? When do you go? On the holiday? Look, I'm not trying to condemn. I'm just telling you there's, there's something that why God said that. Why? Because he wanted our lives to be successful. He wanted them to be victorious. And they can't be victorious if you're not in here and getting all that God has. When God prepares the table... He's saying, I got something for you every time. I've got a full course meal every time, but you got to be here to get it. Because I'm trying to make your life successful, spiritually, physically, and financially, but then so that you can go take it to the world, to all those that need to know and need to hear. In Matthew 16 and 18, it says, Now I say to you, that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's why you and I got to come together. Be the church, then come into God's house, be the church, get strengthened, build one another up, pray one for another, so that we can go out there, stop the forces of hell, from being victorious in others' lives. Amen? They need us. They need us to be built up, filled up with the power of God and with some hope. If you don't have hope, peace, and joy, it's kind of hard to go give it away. And you go, but you don't know what I'm going through, but he does. He does. And see, that? did you know that even in the midst of the storm, you can reach up and hear the Father's voice. Say, I got you. It's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. And then we're going to go show them how they can get through it. And then we're going to show them and then they're going to go show them. See, when the enemy comes and he knocks you down, don't stay there. And you go, but well, I failed. No. God's going to reach down, pull you up, and you're going to go, no, I'm going to get up. And next time I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be better. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to fall forward. I'm not going backwards. No, devil. You ain't got me, and you're not going to get all those that are attached to me. My life is going to make a difference. Let us be full of hope, help, and healing. You know, when we come to God's house, let's expect 
that when we worship, it's not for entertainment. It's not for you to look and say, oh, well, I think they hit the wrong key, or that didn't sound right, or I don't know if I really like that song. Well, maybe you don't, but you know what? There may have been one person that day that God sang that song for them, pulled them out of the pit of hell, or maybe pulled them back from taking their lives. Just worship God. That's what it's about. That when we give our praises to Him, and then we hear and receive the Word, don't be judgmental and go, well, I already know all that. Well, there was something there that God had for you, but you already just shut it down, shut it off, and you won't get it. Ain't that too bad? Because you already decided you just didn't need to hear that. Well, God always has something. You know, it's amazing. You could ask every single person in here, do a little survey, and some of it would be similar, but there'd be certain things they go, well, I, you know, God did this, or I heard that, and you'd be thinking, where'd you hear? I didn't hear that, you know, because see, God will minister personally. Isn't that amazing that he walks amongst the rose and sits down beside you? And says, here, this is what you needed today. This is what you needed today. This is what you needed today. This is what you needed. And he stops specially just for you. But you've got to be hearing. To receive what he has for you. Oh, Father. Let our hearts become tender again, God. Let our hearts become open of all that you have for us. Oh, God, forgive us for where maybe we've a let offense. We've let apathy, we've let foolishness get in, and we've kind of closed off God everything you had for us we've closed off even what maybe you had others that were trying to share or say to us that we just even threw up that wall and didn't even hear or receive what you had I thank you God today that there's a healing in the house and those that are listening those that are going to tune in later God that you're healing hearts mending brokenness where the enemy has lied to them, where they've been hurt by family, they've been hurt by the church, they've been hurt by their closest, closest friends. But today, God, you're pouring your oil, your healing oil over those areas and smoothing out the brokenness. The cracks are being made smooth. Wholeness and healing is coming to their lives, spiritually and physically. I thank you, God, right now. There's healing in bodies. Those that are even watching, you go, well, I'm not there. We'll receive it by faith. I reach out right now and declare wholeness and healing over bodies from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. 
I want you to receive it. Yes, we're going to have an altar call here when we close off, but I want this right now, and there might be some of you in here, but I'm telling you right now, I, I feel like there's somebody out there watching, and you've just had a constant spirit of depression come upon you constantly. You feel like you get up a little bit and then something else comes. Well, one, you need to be in the house. You need to be in a church so that God can minister to you, but that you can have a family come around you and pray. Stand in the gap and hold up your arms when you can't. I come against that spirit right now of suicide. You will not take your life. In the name of Jesus, you've heard hope today. And you may even have tuned in by this. You don't even know how you even got watching this, but God knows. And there's hope today. There's hope in this house. There's some that are even in this house. that There's just some things that you just feel hopeless in. Or you've had your eyes so much on family circumstances that you just think, oh, it just so is hopeless. With God, there's never anything that is hopeless. God is a God of hope. God is a God of restoring power. God is a God of turnaround. God is a God of miracles. And I declare right now, those that are watching and in this house right now, every hopeless situation has been cursed at the root right now. And you cannot and you will not remain. I declare there's a hope and a joy rising up in your people right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hope arise. Hope arise on your people this day, both in the house of those that are watching. I bind up right now that spirit of hopelessness. You be off of them right now in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you, God. Hope arise. I speak life, life, and joy again. They've lost joy. They've lost peace. Oh, speak peace. Speak peace right now over everyone in this house and watching. And we never want to leave without giving you an opportunity. Maybe those that are watching you say, well, I don't know this Jesus in that way. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity today. You pray with me. Say, dear Lord. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I believe you died on the cross for me. I want you to be Lord of my life. Forgive all of my sins and my transgressions. But I come to you today, God. And I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, if you're watching and you did that, you need to contact the church. We can send you some information that will help you and then get in a church. We encourage you, if you're here, come here. Or go wherever God leads you. Amen. But remember this. God is a God of hope. God is a God of love. God is a God of peace. God is a God of restoring power. What seems like is so crushed and broken. I just kept seeing this this morning. It was like, you know, you 
drop a plate on a ceramic tile floor, that thing goes to a million little pieces. But when you look at that in the natural, you never could put that back together. Because some of the pieces may only be that big and some would be little shards. But see, with God, see, the devil's trying to tell you, you're so shattered. You're so busted up. You're all over the place. There's no way God could ever. Oh, God, yes. He'll bring it back. He'll make you better than you were before. Amen. So we love you. God loves you. Until next time, just know that there's hope in God. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.